right? We started, we left that event with so many more questions and answers. And I started to really ask myself, you know, what do I, what do I want to do with my experience at the time? I was my own, started my own business at the time. It was just Cornelius Great Construction. My, my legal name is actually Cornelius. Uh, but I, you know, I just, I named it that because oh, it sounds like an old guy who's been in business a long time. So that was my, very you know, I started in my twenties. Right. <laughs> and then, but after that, I'm like, all right, it can't just be my name. What do I want to do? And that's when the world conscious started to come into play for Natasha and I, we started doing some different things. We started the podcast. I started the conscious builder as a tagline for company. I started looking into better ways of building because I didn't want to just be another builder doing kitchens and eventually custom homes at the time, you know, just started my business. I was doing homes, but then when I started my business, I had to go backwards, right? Because I had to build up a reputation. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Uh, guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, don't forget, like, subscribe, uh, leave five stars. If you really, really want to help me out, um, leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. One or two sentences does a, does a, works wonders for us. Um, guys, at the end of this podcast, our, our guest today, Casey Gray, is going to leave ways that you can contact him. So if what he says resonates with you, um, you know, you, and you want to catch up with this guy, uh, wait till the end of the podcast and he'll leave you ways you can, uh, you can message him. Uh, one last thing, I've mentioned it a few times on the past few shows. Uh, a lot of people ask me about land. You know, they want, obviously we're land life of buying, sell dirt and trees. Um, if you are, I'm getting a lot of people saying I'm interested in land. I got a full-time job. I don't want to be working a new job, um, but I still want to be involved. If that's you, shoot me a message and I'll kind of explain how you can kind of work with us. It's not a fund and this is not a solicitation for any sort of funding, but there are ways you can uh, you know, team up with us on different deals and stuff. So uh, guys, our guest today is from all the way. Well, he's currently not in Canada, but he's from Canada. Um, he's in a different border now. Uh, Casey Gray, how's it going, man? Uh, I'm doing really good. Thanks. How are you? That's awesome. I'm doing great, man, especially now. Casey is the founder of The Conscious Builder, which is a super interesting name. I want to know how you came up with that too. Uh, you're the host of The Conscious Builder podcast. Um, you said he's been doing podcasts for what, seven years? Yeah. The first podcast I started was with my wife called the conscious living podcast. I think that was seven or eight years ago. That's now. insane. So you've been around since like before most people were doing podcasts. <laughs> Just dove in, figured it out. Friend told me about it. And a week later I started a podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you also got a show on YouTube, the conscious builder show. And then the, uh, you got the conscious builder Academy. It's like an online course. And I want to ask you about that later too. Um, so Casey, uh, where exactly are you at right now? Right now, I am in a secret place in Mexico. I can't tell you now. Uh, I'm in a, and I'm in, I'm in Mexico. I'm in a little town called Gated Community. Well, it's actually a fairly large gated community, but town's called Port Aventuras, and nice. it's between uh, Tulum and Playa del Carmen, and it's a little slice of heaven. It's really nice here. That's awesome. It's got to be a lot warmer. It is definitely warm, especially this time of year coming into the summer. So it starts yeah. to get rainy. Apparently we haven't been here during this time of season, but so I'll be heading back to Canada shortly. Escape when it starts getting to be their bad season. That's, yeah. that's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. Okay. So yeah, real quick, why the name, the conscious builder, you said you had the conscious family, all these conscious, why, why, why the names? So consciousness is really a state of being aware, right? So if you're, if you're conscious, you're aware of what's happening. 
So where that came into play for my wife and I was actually at a Tony Robbins event. So I don't know if you've gone to Tony Robbins events before, but we did, if you're familiar with them, there's something called UPW, Unleash Power Within, life-changing event. My wife and I did that. How long ago was that? It's before our son. It's like before kids, after kids, right? Uh, yeah, either right. way, quite a few years ago. Like I don't remember years. before kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I still do. But um, <laughs> So at that event, that, that really opened our eyes, right? If I give you a shortened version, it really opened our eyes to the possibilities and what, what the power of questions can have on our lives, right? We started, we left that event with so many more questions and answers. And I started to really ask myself, you know, what do I, what do I want to do with my experience at the time? I was my own, started my own business at the time. It was just Cornelius Gray Construction. My my legal name is actually Cornelius, uh, but I, you know I just I named it that because oh, it sounds like an old guy who's been in business a long time. So that was my very you know when I started in my twenties, right? <laughs> and then, but after that, I'm like, all right, it can't just be my name. What do I want to do? And that's when the world conscious started to come into play for Natasha and I. We started doing some different things. We started the podcast. I started the Conscious Builder as a tagline for the company. I started looking into better ways of building because I didn't want to just be another builder doing kitchens and eventually custom homes at the time. You know, just started my business. I was doing homes, but then when I started my business, I had to go backwards, right? Because I had to build up a reputation. Mm. And that's when the word conscious started to come into play for us. And to, to for us, when I thought about it in construction, there's, you know, homes are the biggest investment most people are going to make in their lives. Mm -hmm. And most people don't know anything about them, right? They know what they like and what looks good, but they don't know what makes them healthy. They don't know what makes them comfortable. They don't know what makes them efficient. Uh, they just know that there could be an issue, but they only know the issues that they see, right? And there's so many things that we need to know about houses. And that's where I started to really dive in and be like, all right, this, there's more to this. We need to show people that there's a better way to build. And if we help people become more aware, more conscious of that, then hopefully they will make decisions that help them and ultimately serve them and their families. All right. Something you said just stuck out really big time to me, a house that can make you healthy. How does a house, how do you, how does a house make you healthy? Well, it's a it's a house that promotes health, right? So yeah. most of our houses are making us sick and we're not aware. I just had a really interesting hmm. interview on my own podcast will be coming out in the next few weeks about all the chemicals and pollutants in the air that I'm not even aware of, right? You know, my, my background's in carpentry uh, and I'm understanding a lot of that stuff, but her background, she's like been an environmental uh, consultant for like 23 years. So wow. she was super knowledgeable. Uh, but in either case, let me, I can break it down really simply because I've had this conversation a lot. So there's a few things that we have to think about when we look at our houses. First of all, we need to look at the house as a system, right? Most people just build a house and they kind of slap it together, right? Your foundation crew comes in, your framing crew comes in, your, uh, your electrician comes in, your mechanical, your plumber, your insulation, and they do the vapor and air bear, all this stuff, right? And a lot of people don't even know that there's different barriers within a house, they're just like walls and insulation. And yeah, I'm, my house is warm because it has insulation. Like, no, there's a lot more to that. So if you think of our house as a system, think of it as a body. So our bodies, we breathe through our lungs and we sweat through our skin, right? Okay. So if I were to ask you if your home needs to breathe, do you think that it does or that it doesn't? Um. I, I would think because we're inside and we need oxygen, I would say, yes, it would have to breathe 
because of the people inside of it? Yeah. So technically, yes, your house does need to breathe, okay. but it needs to breathe like we breathe through our lungs, not through leaky holes in our walls, AKA our skin, right? Okay. We don't want to be breathing through our skin. We want to be breathing through our, our lungs, which is filtering, right? You breathe in through your nose, your nose filters out all the crap, usually unless there's a lot of bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then you, you know, breathe out the bad, bad stuff, right? So that's how we want our houses to work. We want to make them as airtight as possible, but we want them to be able to sweat, right? Or be permeable if moisture gets into the wall. And then we want to control the fresh air that comes into the house through with a, uh, what's called a fresh air system. And that can be done through an ERV or an HRV. It stands for heat recovery ventilator or energy recovery ventilator. I won't need, don't need to get into all those details, but okay. essentially a fresh air system that runs 24 seven. And then it changes depending on where you live because of humidity and temperature and all that stuff. But the idea is, airtight wall assembly and fresh air system. And then you also want to think about insulation. So now if we're thinking about our bodies, if we go outside and it's you're you're in the US. So I don't know. In Canada, where we live in Ottawa, you know, it can get to minus 20, minus 25 yeah. degrees Celsius, minus 30, right? Depending on where you are. Uh, and if you go outside and you have a big jacket on, but that jacket is unzipped and you face the wind, it's not really going to do much, right? Yeah. So that that's essentially what insulation does if you don't make the building airtight. So you need the okay. insulation, but you also need the windbreaker. So you need to zip it up. So that's how we need to also treat our house. So we got airtight insulation, get rid of the thermal bridges, meaning you don't have something that can conduct heat uh, or cold right through. Uh, so you don't want like a steel beam that goes from the outside to the inside or concrete that goes from outside to the inside because those are all big thermal bridges and that's going to affect comfort and then that'll get in other things so then what happens if you're not if you don't understand building science and these really basic principles and you don't understand uh getting rid of thermal bridges and how condensation is created and, and managing the humidity levels in your home what ends up happening is you, you can have all sorts of pollutants and mold and, and all sorts of stuff that grows in your house. Plus, we bring in all sorts of stuff and we bring in all sorts of chemicals, right? And what do we, how does that get out, right? So these are all things that we need to think about. And if you can design your house properly and you and the team that you work with or the builder that you buy from understands that stuff, then you can have a home that actually helps keep you healthy as opposed to makes you sick. Yeah. Because if you're not, you are creating a sick environment and you could be eating super healthy, right? You could, you look like a healthy guy. You could be very aware of the stuff you're putting into your body. <laughs> now, now I'm not thinking I'm so healthy though, dude. Yeah. Now I'm starting <laughs> so to think it's... A lot of people could be like really healthy, but be yeah. living in an area, in a house or an apartment or something that's actually harming their health, right? That's like, man, I eat, I'm doing, I'm going to the gym. I'm eating, you know, fruits and vegetables, or I'm eating, you know, staying away from all the chemicals and food. And I still wake up with headaches or it might be your environment. It might not yeah. be the stuff that you're putting in that you're eating, right. Or drinking. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's all sorts of, of things that are ways that our buildings can affect us. And we spend most of our time in buildings, right. There's all sorts of studies out there that uh, EPA has even done. Like we spend like over 80% of our time in, in a building of some sort, sure. right. You go from your house to a bus or a car or a subway to another building another and then back into the car so you know very few of us actually spend our time outside the majority of our lives yeah yeah I, I think if i live near the beach like you do I, or, or or staying near the beach like you do i'd be outside a little more but um yeah. but 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 okay okay 
how and why are you in this industry? How did you get involved? Like what, what was the trigger that was like, I'm going to start building these houses versus just, I don't know, regular homes that are out there. And then, uh, so, so, so what, what got you into it and why are you doing it? Is it a more profitable business model? So let's start with how. Well, yeah, I got into construction, first of all, just because carpentry was what I was good at in high school, right? You know, I came out, I'm like, yeah, I want to, I'm, I'm, I like construction. I'm good at it. I'm going to get into that. So that's really how I got into construction, uh, where the healthy building, the conscious building aspect came from. It was from that Tony Robbins event. And then where it really sunk in is when my wife and I found out we're having our our first son. That's when I was like, all right, I got to, I have to lead by example, right? I have to show, I want to leave this place better than it was or do my part to leave this place better than it was when I showed up. And what, how can I do that with the skills and the knowledge that I have? And that's when all of this started to come into play. I did my research, found something called Passive House. If you search uh, Passive House, you'll find it's one of the most rigorous building standards in the world, not to be confused with a passive solar home. There's actually a certification in the US and an international certification. Uh, called Passive House. So uh, that was kind of the catalyst and we built our first house, but it did it for ourselves. And it's been growing since then. Um, has it been profitable? I think it can be. It is starting to be for us. You know, it's like, you know, I've been in almost 20 years in construction, you know, kind of overnight success, 20 years in the making. Uh, been in business 30 years, but there's, you know, there's kind of the bleeding edge, but I think business in its own, no matter what industry you're in is difficult you have to really understand what you're doing and there's a reason why most businesses go out of business uh i remember telling somebody hey they didn't teach me business in carpentry school or uh and he said don't worry they don't teach you business in business school either so (laughs) so there's a lot there's a lot to learn and you have to be very uh i guess stubborn (laughs) to stay in business uh and it's yeah it's been quite the journey to say the least all right, yeah, because that, that would that's that's really interesting to me. Like, um, just the profitability. Why then? Well, let's go. With how often are, are people requesting these these homes uh, in Ottawa? Well, we're a small builder, custom home builder and renovator, right? So we don't need a ton of jobs, and we can, you know, maybe we have a depending on we do a lot bigger projects now than when we started. So you know, we do a dozen jobs in a year that's that's a good amount of projects right so it's not a whole lot considering how many houses there are to be built and renovated uh, but because of what we do we're kind of i always say we're kind of building for the one percent of the one percent uh, yeah. if we're building a custom home because it's it's expensive to build a custom home even if you're building to like minimum building code which is the worst house you're allowed to build by law <laughs> by the way right so uh even if you do that it's expensive just because of all the red tape and government yeah. and development chart, like even beyond the construction, right? It's just expensive. Uh, and then when you do renovations, uh, yeah, it takes, there's only so many people who are doing major renovations on their home, yeah. right? So um, mm-hmm. there are people who reach out to us do usually reach out to us because of our, what we're known for, uh, but we've been building that up over the last 10 years and building our brand uh, so that people reach out and that's why we have our YouTube. One of the reasons we have our YouTube channel and we educate so many people on what we do. And uh, that to some extent sets us up as the expert, but then we, we're really just showcasing the stuff that we're doing on site. Right. Yeah. And what we're learning from. Them. This sounds like it would be like such a popular thing in here in the U S like in certain parts of the country, you know, like, I, I don't know, LA, I, I would imagine in California, in LA area, there'd be people like, 
I want this. I want that exact type of home. I want it to be, um, I want a conscious home, right? That, right? I mean, it just, it just seems like there's gotta be a huge, you've gotta be getting so many requests, uh, about for, for these homes in the U S is there a reason you haven't like, uh, expanded? Yeah, I guess for us, it's the business. And that's a whole other ball game. Uh, yeah. definitely thought about it, uh, especially being here in Mexico, there's huge opportunity because the houses here are garbage, to be honest, they're yeah. built for hurricanes They're not built for health. Uh, so I, I know, and like you go to Tulum where everything's supposedly green <laughs> right there, yeah. green to them is like, Hey, we put these bamboo walls in or, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> It's, it's a superficial kind of bamboo wall on top of a regular wall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, they don't really, a lot of people don't ask because they don't know, to be honest, yeah. right? They don't understand what it means and they don't, because it's not readily available. You have to actively go out and look for it. Hence why we've yeah. been so, so persistent in getting the information out there in hopes that more and more people pick it up. But if you're not interested, you're not interested. It's not until you're all of a sudden you're like, why am I sick? Okay, yeah, now I got to do something. Okay, it is my house. Then they become interested. Or they have a child who's got like severe allergies, right? Or they're just, something happened to them and they want to live a healthier lifestyle. A lot of people, like unfortunately, as you know, there's like the sad the sad American diet, right? Is just is, talked about that the other day. That's crazy. Yeah, they just, there's a lot of obese people. And if that's the way, you know, they think about what they put into their mind, they're not thinking about their house either unfortunately right and it's and it's like i said it's not cheap it's not necessarily readily available so there are things that you can do uh that that are you know if you're renting or something like that uh, but it's not easily attainable so unfortunately it takes people to like like landlords who care who want to build a better building right or to make it more healthy but there's a what do you do with all the existing buildings that's the bigger problem right what yeah. do you do with all the buildings that were built terribly just because they didn't know anything at the time uh how do you upgrade those right but then then you gotta upgrade rent and then it becomes a whole, there's a whole like it's it's such a big problem yeah. right in a, in a big system that it's not just one thing that's going to solve everything it's it's just like continuous improvements and hopefully technology helps us to some extent and people asking for more and not and not saying no right and or mm -hmm. to what they don't agree with and yeah uh, it seems you would need to market to um, like higher income individuals yeah, because absolutely. in in order to just get your product out there, people have to afford it first to see how great it really is. And then once it's developed and built, then the world can see what it looks like and how great it is. Then you can work your way to, I don't know, people that could afford it or that, that cannot afford it, I guess. Um, you know, make, I don't know, you'd have to figure out a way to, uh, to make it to where they could afford it, but you'd have to start somewhere where you have a physical product. So yeah. I'm guessing you're marketing then to maybe higher income in families, higher income communities. Is that, is that accurate? To be honest, we don't really do the typical marketing. We just put our content out there and people mm -hmm. find us, right? We, we, our marketing is our YouTube video. Our marketing is our podcast. Uh, that yeah. that's what we're doing. And and we obviously have a good presence and we make sure that our website is set up properly. So when you're searching general contractors in Ottawa, we're coming up top of the list or close to the top, depending on what you're looking for. And luckily Ottawa is somewhat of a, a safe town because it's such a big government town. So there is quite a bit of money in Ottawa and houses haven't like values haven't exploded like Toronto, for example, like people moving from Toronto to Ottawa, 
have quite a bit of money potentially because they just sold their $3 million house, which only goes for a million dollars in Ottawa. Right. So, so there, there is Ottawa is safe from that perspective, but the industry is still changing. Like we're not, we're kind of selling more of a, it's a service, right? We don't have a product that we're selling. Everything we do is custom. So you can hire us to renovate or you hire us to to build your home, but we're not saying here's your home. And there's a lot of companies that are starting to do that. I, I think, like I said, there's, there's going to be a ton of work for renovations, right? We're only, there's always going to be more homes to renovate than homes we can build. There's only so much land that's for sale or that people are going to be able to buy. Right. So there, I think that's where there's going to be huge potential still. And, and I don't know if there'll be any big game changers. There's people, there's companies out there doing like prefab stuff, which is great, but that's, you know, maybe they're a prefab developer. They can only go so far. Some of them are doing quite a good job at that. There is some companies that are doing like uh, prefab, like find the design and order one of the designs, but then you yeah. have to get somebody to install it. Those unfortunately, especially on the in the one-off projects, they're definitely deceiving. I just looked into this yesterday. They say, oh yeah, here's the house and it's only going to cost you $595,000. But then yeah. I started going through it with the client and he started looking at all the fine print. And, and I, to- I told them even before we looked at the fine print, I'm like it probably doesn't include, there's no way it includes your foundation. It's not going to include any of the site work. Obviously your septic, your well, that's not going to be included. Uh, it's depending on how it comes. I doubt it's even going to include interior finishes, right? Yeah. So once we went through all that, we're like, oh yeah, that's all you get is you get your shell of your home but you still have to put it on a foundation and connect it into whatever sewer system you're using. And you still have to finish the interior. So now that's not really that cheap of a house. That's still a million dollar house once it's all said and done. Right. So those are. So I've looked at those too. I've looked at those, those um, because I I have, I have a property and we're, we're looking to put a house on it. I mean, it's, it's a, just a perfect, great location, really nice looking place. Right. Nice lot. But we we were looking at, at a house and, uh, I, I contacted a bunch of people in the area and one guy sent me a link to a barn dominium. And it was like, here's the plans for the barn dominium. Uh, and, and it was kind of funny because it was not as easy as it made it seem. Once I got further into the project, you're absolutely right. No foundation, no utilities. It's a box that they can put on top. Right. And, and that was really all it was. And any extras, any frills, you would have to pay additional for and it worked out to be more expensive than the houses in the neighborhood that were just regular builds yeah and that's usually the case because when you're building it in a factory unless you're pumping them out like Mm -hmm. in a factory like a factory line you have the company has bigger overhead right they have to maintain this massive building and then they have to design these houses and then they have to just build them one by one and ship them out sort of thing right so yeah there's not there's not a good savings there okay i got a question then I got land. I know a lot of people that have land. We come to you. Let's say somebody comes to you and says, all right, I got land. I listen to your YouTube channel. I heard all your podcasts. I'm ready to go, man. What does that look like for them? So if they're just at the land portion, assuming they're, they're in an area where we can build. Um, yeah. So yeah. Let's I assume everything this. works out perfectly. I, yeah. I'd love <laughs> to expand outside of Ottawa, right? We can support people, right? My partner and I have been talking about that. How do we support people? Because anyways, that's a whole other side thing. But uh, yeah. if you find like there's other people who want to be conscious builders, they just want to go out and build, right? We can help them. But the idea in this case, if you want to design build, then we have a whole design process that we go through, right? So the way we work is we're a cost plus. 
we are going to do estimates, but I can't give you a price on how much it's going to cost to build until I have the plans, until I have the survey. Like everything's just a guesstimate until we get the more details we get, the more refined our price can get. Right. So that's always the tricky part. So my conversation first is always, all right, what are you hoping to build and how much do you have to spend? Because I need to make sure that what you want to spend is aligned with what you're expecting to build. I want to make sure those expectations are, are set appropriately. And if not, we have to have that conversation. You know, if you tell me, at least I don't know what building is like in Denver, but if somebody came to me in Ottawa and said, hey, I want to build a 2,000 square foot house and I got 500,000, I'd say, sorry, can't help you. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd, I'd say more like more nicely, but you know, it's just not going to work. Uh, so I tell people to budget, you know, $400 a square foot, but there's so many variables in that, right? This is just a budgetary thing and it doesn't include anything outside of your foundation, right? It doesn't include your septic, your well, your site work or connecting to whatever it may be. If there's a house we got to tear down, if it's an infill, that's, that's on top. Uh, but there's also so many things within a house that just cost more, right? So these are, we just, we'd end up going through the process. And, and our job would be to guide them. And what usually happens is most people design over design to what they want to spend. And then we have to go back to the drawing board. They don't believe us when we say this is going to cost too much until we get to a point where we can price it. Then they say, oh yeah, it does cost too much. And then we go back to the drawing board and we try and refine it. Right. So, and then eventually, you know, we get to a place where we can start building but it's it's very much a process, right? It could be anywhere from six months to a year to go through that design process uh, and build it. If you're a developer or developing multiple houses, well, that's a different story. But if we're just st strictly talking custom, it's, it's a big part of processes planning. And then we you know, we bring energy advisors in and so forth, right? So that's mm -hmm. that's all part of it. If somebody just wants to build a minimum code home, we, we kindly decline uh, and and... Usually people though who reach out, even if they weren't necessarily reaching out for that, once we have the conversations and I explain to them what we can build and why it's important, then they're like, okay, yeah, we want that too. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I, I Let's say I have a house already. I don't want to leave my house. I'm in Ottawa. It's a great yeah. part of the area that you work in. Um, how can How can you modify my house to make it better? Like a healthier, more conscious house. So it depends on Besides the knocking home. the whole thing down. Yeah. So it depends. We do a lot of renovations. If you go to our YouTube channel, you can see some retrofits that we've done. We actually just released another video. We're doing a retrofit to like a 1960s cottage. Uh, the best way ultimately is going back to that jacket example that I gave at the beginning, right? If, if you can put a jacket around the exterior of your home, that's the best way to seal it up, insulate it, and then make it look nice, right? So we're talking, I always tell people uh, it's envelope upgrades first and then you focus on your mechanical because if you do it in the other way the other way around your mechanical is not going to work properly once you've made it more the house more efficient so we would say typically we're doing win new windows and doors ripping off all the exterior cladding new windows new doors always triple glazed uh, and make sure that they're real triple glazed like an inch and three eighths because if not they actually perform worse than double glazed uh, here in mexico they're a single pane of glass so they're terrible <laughs> but uh, triple glaze is especially important when you're living somewhere where it gets colder, right? Uh, it gets colder, in, depending on where you are in Denver, right? So yeah, um, never gets cold. Yeah, uh, the whole state gets so, cold. Colorado gets cold, yeah. definitely. And th and that and that helps with condensation, right, and comfort, and all those things. 
And then we would add our air and weather barrier on the exterior of that. So we're trying to make the building as tight as possible, like I already mentioned. Uh, and then we would add exterior insulation on top of that. So that gets rid of the thermal bridges, right? You have solid exterior insulation. And then uh, you put your strapping and then your siding or whatever exterior cladding you want. Harder to do masonry when you do retrofits like that because you, if you had masonry on your house to begin with and say you took it off to do what I just described, mm -hmm. you would lose your brick ledge because of the added insulation that you have. Okay. Right. So it's going to push the because it pushes the building out. Uh, the other thing that you can do too, it depends on the design of the house. There's what's called a chainsaw retrofit where you cut off the eaves of the house and you bring that barrier and insulation kind of up the wall and over your roof and everything. So you're encompassing the entire home. Otherwise your roof is sometimes a weak point. Uh, and then we still have to address the foundation too. So there's a lot of things like the strategy that we will discuss will depend on the building and what their end goal is right are they planning you know somebody who's gonna who plans on staying in that home as long as possible is that's that's our type of client right because they want to invest in the home because it's yeah. for them and they don't care what the price is going to be in five years from now because they're going to give it to their kids or they're just going to you know sell it and their kids get the money when they can't live in the house anymore sort of thing yeah. right so th those are the types of people that we're usually doing the work for okay all right. So, so let's shift gears just a little bit. How do you build a business around this? I mean, it seems like such a niche market. How, what kind of systems are you putting in place uh, inside your business to keep this machine running as fast as it can? So, well, like I said, it's been 13 years in the making. So we've kind of had to slowly yeah. transition into that. So you, you get to a point where you can start choosing your job. But what I've also found is that God works in mysterious ways. And, mm -hmm. and often when you say no to one thing, that opens you up to say yes to another thing, right? Like I just, I, I just walked away from a project that was, could have been about $2 million worth of revenue, right? Not profit, but $2 million house. And just wasn't jiving with the with the client. It just, I knew it wasn't going to go well, uh, like the, with the team. Like it was just going to be not that he's a bad person. I just there's certain people that just you know we don't always work yeah. well. And I've been in business long enough to say like I had the conversation. And I was just like, sorry, absolutely. We'll finish the design. I'm happy to consult. We'll get it ready. But I'm like, I'm out of this building. I don't. I we're not going to do it because I had had a conversation with him before, and things just weren't getting better. Um, so I just said, we're done. Um, and I don't know what's going to come, right? I, it was really hard to walk away from that when you mm -hmm. look at the money, but at the same time, I didn't want to put my team through that. I know that that I was going to add more headaches to me too, and having to deal with some stuff and my partner. Uh, and then I know that something else will show up and, you know, something smaller did show up. We filled it a gap and we got, we're, we're working on a really cool natural building home now, all of a sudden, uh, and there'll probably be something else that comes up. So I think the most important thing is you kind of, you have to have faith, right? You got to stand, figure out what your values are and stand mm -hmm. firm in those and then make decisions that get you closer to that, right? Don't, don't make silly decisions. Like at the beginning, I wasn't going to say no to a kitchen renovation or something like that. I had to build up that reputation and slowly build it. Um, but it's, yeah, at this point now we're really focused on processes too, right? Internally. Uh, yeah. But for me, I have a, Card, somebody reaches out do they check the marks check the boxes on the report card are we really interested like we're only taking jobs above a certain 
amount of money. We're only taking jobs if they make the building healthy, comfortable, efficient. Uh, we're only taking jobs within a certain radius of the of the city. Uh, we were going, we've gone a little bit further, uh, but we've worked in travel expenses, so to speak, right? So we've set these these yeah. kind of check marks that we need to hit before we say yes to a project. Yeah, I think that's that's really important though too, because a lot of people, especially when they first hear about an industry and they want to get into it, they're like, I'm gonna build uh, conscious homes for everybody in the world, right? Yeah. And it's you can't do that, right? You have to niche down. And you know, their their concern is is always, I'm afraid I'm gonna lose business. You know, if, if I don't answer the call from the guy from Georgia, the guy from Toronto, the guy in Mexico, you know, I'm gonna lose their business. Well, dude, you, you gotta niche down. You got to find your market and be very specific and you'll be a lot more successful that way versus, you know, just looking at every possible option. So I think that's, yeah. that that's super smart. That's why I asked you earlier, you know, if you thought about moving around, but you know, you answered it really well, like you're, you're very specific and kind of laser focused in a, in a certain area right now. Um, yeah, we, we, we've, ex we haven't explored it in the sense that we want to send our crew. We've explored it in the sense like, Hey, maybe once we get our systems and we're going well, we can use these to help other, right. So you almost like kind of like a licensing model, right. So we would yeah. support them like the conscious builder, not a franchise. I know it's very, you have to be careful of franchise and licensing from what I understand, mm -hmm. but there's a lot to do with business, right? So if we can help on the business background and there is somebody that was just wanted to build and focus on that, then there's probably some good value, right? So we support yeah. in the back end. They're still a conscious builder. We still send them work. We can still do marketing for them. That's that's kind of what we could see happening down the road. Yeah. You seem to like to help people and you got YouTube channel, podcast. Um, why do you do that? And how do you have time to fit all that extra stuff in? Well, I have a great team now. <laughs> Before, yeah. I don't know, we just kind of figured out how to do it. Uh, but I also realized that maybe sometimes you just don't do things that great. And I and I'm yeah. I actually am a believer now, especially these days. There's so much content out there, right? And there's so much stuff trying to get your attention. The only way to really stand out for the most part, there's a few people who all of a sudden hit a big, right? And they have their 15 minutes of fame and you know, then they kind of disappear. But the only way to is truly truly stand out is to just be consistent absolutely to i love it going after right like our youtube channel is nowhere near where i'd like it to be or where i hoped it would be but it's continuously growing right and yeah. our views are continuously going up and like our subscribers aren't really representative of our views because like 96 percent of the people who watch our videos don't subscribe and but i think that's common because i watch a lot of videos and i don't subscribe to yeah, necessarily I understand. Channel, right so i'm like yeah it makes sense so I think the only way to really do it is to just be consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at first it took a lot of time because I was doing everything, but then as we've grown, I've got team members to help with it. Uh, so why I do it, continue to do it is, well, one, I, I, as part of our mission, like we're generating revenue from the media side. So we're, we're at a point now where we're starting to create kind of two separate businesses. We have the construction company and then we have our call it the media and education company. Yeah. And we're starting to get sponsorships with products that we've already been using for years that we believe in, right? So we got to be careful not to sell out, so to speak, yeah. right? But we're making some good partnerships and we're hap happily promoting them because it's a win-win the way we've set up those, those deals. Uh, so that's one of the reasons we're doing YouTube. But you know, our, our mission is to be the leader 
the go-to resource for healthy, comfortable, and efficient homes. So we don't want to be building all the homes. Like you said, we can't build them all, yeah. but we can be a resource where people can come to so that they know how to build better. Yeah. So that, that's our mission for no matter where you live. Building science is going to be the same no matter where you go. What we show is going to be in colder climates, but the, the science stays the same. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting. Um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, and then the reason for the podcast is I, I love having, I learn from the podcast, yeah. right? We I have conversations with people like you are now, like I have, even though I've been in the industry for almost 20 years, I still learn things every time I talk to somebody uh, or I get reminded of something I forgot about or who knows, right? So you never know where those relationships end up going or what you're going to learn. So I, I just, I feel like the podcast keeps me on my toes and keeps me on top of my game. I was just going to say the exact same thing. So I didn't know what, you know, your, your type of uh, construction. I didn't really know much about it. Actually, I knew nothing about it. When, when I first saw your profile, I was like, never heard of this. And and that's so interesting because that's how, that's what, how, what's all, what podcasts are all about, right? It's, um you know, you learn something new and it's, and maybe you can apply it. Maybe you can't. Um, but it, it, either way, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see what's available out there. You know, uh, yeah. another guy I talked to this morning, he was saying there's a very famous podcaster course coach, I guess. And he does all these videos and courses and stuff, but he does it to receive um, uh, uh, deals. So he, he has tons of customers come in, tons of, tons of clients, and they bring him deals. You know, they say, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what you said. I'm going out there getting all these, uh, these real estate deals, um, but I can't afford all of them. Do you want them? And he's like, yeah, I do. And so he's getting all these deals. I haven't got that yet. I haven't got to that level yet. But I'm thinking <laughs> that's a pretty smart way of doing things too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? And it's all about relationships. You never know where things are going to go. I don't know where this relationship will go, where the conversation will go. If somebody listens to it, they pick up the phone and call it. Who knows, right? So absolutely, I think we just have to, once again, going back to that faith, have that faith and go out and talk about what you love talking about and with great people and great things are going to happen. Absolutely. So if people did want to call you, how would they get hold of you? Best, contact you. Yeah, best place. You can find us all over the internet. Just search The Conscious Builder and we'll come up. But if you go to theconsciousbuilder.com, that's our construction site. Uh, that really will lead you to Instagram, YouTube, uh, th those are the really the two places that we post the most. I think we started we started doing Facebook, but I don't know what goes on on Facebook these days. <laughs> but uh, Instagram and, and YouTube are where we're most active. And if you're a contractor and you want to learn more, we have the Academy. So you can just go to contractbuilderacademy.com. Uh, if you just want to reach out to me directly, I also have caseygray.com. You can see all the stuff that I got going on there. Um, one thing we didn't talk about is solar panels. Actually, I, I do work with a company, a solar panel company in the US. So we're, uh, I'm working as like a sales consultant for them. Uh, solar in the US right now is a great investment, in my opinion. It's like turning your roof into a rental. Really? Without, you know, there's, there's incentives, right? There's a federal incentive across the US, you get 30% back, right? So right now in the US, I should share this just because. Yeah, do it. it. I want to, I want to hear it. So whether it's with, with me or not, any solar company can get access to this, right? So it's, there is an incentive across the US where you get about 30% back for whatever your solar panels are. So if, and each state has different incentives too, right? So the numbers that I've ran, the payback is typically 
even the worst ones are like 11 years to get your money back. So uh, that's a pretty good ROI, right? You're, you're getting 8% right at the, if you average the market out. Yeah. Um, but if you just work that, but it's guaranteed, right? You're never going to lose it. Um, and one of the great things is that if you need a new roof, you need a new roof on your house uh, and you went to go put solar on it, you could get the 30% towards your new roof too. And the other great thing is you can also finance all this and your financing costs will increase your cost because there'll be like a fee depending on the interest that you want to pay, right? So they end up having like a financing fee, which technically increases that total cost. That also gets reduced by 30%. But what you can do if you want is you can pocket that tax rebate or you can put it towards your bills, right? So your bills might go up after a few months or you could just drop like 10, 15 grand. I did it for a buddy who's in California. He just, instead of instead of putting his rebate towards paying down the solar panels, he's like, I'm just going to let that ride because it's all my, the bills that he was going to be paying, his monthly bill, which is now locked in the next 20 years, is lower than what his current electricity bill was, really? which increases almost quarterly, right? Because they keep jacking yes, it up. Does. So now you're locked in for 20 years. So that's where the savings skyrockets. And he pocketed 12 grand. So now he's doing a back patio. So he reduced his, his electricity bill, technically, got solar panels on. So he improved, increased the value of his home mm -hmm. and he put 12 grand in his pocket and it cost him $0. That's insane. So those are the deals that are happening in solar right now. So I don't think anybody knows that. Out. No, it's, it's crazy. So they just changed in California because people are making so much money. They, you can only get 25 cents on the dollar now with what they do, but it's still, you can still make good money. Like it just makes sense. Like I wish yeah, I was no, in the U S to, to, to take it. And I had properties in the U S to take advantage of this. To me, it blows my mind why people don't want to do it. Even if you're like a landlord and you could somehow put, like I said, you're turning your roof into a rental unit that never moves out, always pays their bills on time, never has parties, right? And <laughs> so to me, it's just like, it's a no brainer, uh, but That's there's, genius. yeah. If somebody wanted to do that, how would they get hold of you for that? Is that a completely different? Uh, yeah, that you can go to caseygray.com slash solar, and then okay. you can just reach out to me there. I have a, I have a contact me and I'll do an assessment. Uh, there's some forms, paper, all I would need is a bill from you and I can run the numbers and you're on the bill that should have your name and your address and all that. So that would give me all the information and we'd have a call and I can figure out what makes sense. Now, yeah. where it might not make sense is if you're, you know, live in the middle of the forest and you have no, your roof doesn't have solar, right? Yeah. But, um, or if you're, I don't know, your roof is super complicated. So there's not much room for solar, right? So those are the, mm. the only times it might not make sense. Um, but most times I've even ran like some pretty terrible ones and it still made sense financially in my mind. Like, like I said, payback, like the return, you know, maybe it started off at 8%, but it went up year after year because as the way you got to look at it is that your electricity rates go up yeah. year after year. So technically your ROI goes up year after year, right? So mm -hmm. it just becomes infinite, right? Yeah. Until you have to replace your solar panels, but you know, there were. How often do you have to replace those? They're warm free for 20 years. They're, the okay. way it works, this is off through Freedom Forever, Apricot, this is who I partnered with. Uh, they'll, they have a guarantee on the generation. So if it doesn't produce what they say it's gonna produce within a certain percentage, they will cover the difference and fix it. 
which is great. No other company does that. Uh, they will also, uh, there is a de like a degrades over the 20 years and it comes down to about 85% because solar panels will perform worse and worse, but that all gets factored into the, to the amount that you're producing. Right. So, um, I, I started, I put solar panels. The first time I did it was on my own house. Uh, that was about 11 years ago. Now there's, I sold that house, but there still hasn't been any issues. With wow. the solar. There's no moving parts. Right. So unless it, yeah. you know, there's a hailstorm or a windstorm, something gets ripped off. Like they're, they typically don't break on you. Um, they wow. just don't perform as well as they used to like anything over time. That's super interesting. I never, I, I've seen, I got a neighbor here who has a huge plate of solar right across their top of their, uh, their house, but yeah, I never really thought about it. Now, when you resell it, the panels stay, right? Now, what about, so you need batteries, right? Nope. So this is the way it works. Uh, so there's two ways. So batteries, technology is not there. And I can run you through, like, if you're interested, send me your bill. We can use this as an example, maybe for your listeners. Okay. To, right, do a conversation about that, but I can just run, like, there's no commitment. I can just run it and be like, Hey, PJ, like, this is what the numbers look like for you um, yeah, yeah. Use that as an example. Uh, but uh, the way it works is that you end up using the grid as a battery. So battery technology is not there yet. It costs like 12 grand for a battery, depending on where you actually it'd be less in the U S something Canadian dollars, right. For a good battery. Uh, but yeah. The all the power that you need for your house, you typically going to need like three, four, five, six batteries, depending on what you're running on electricity. Ideally, most of the houses we build are fossil fuel free, or we renovate them and we get them off natural gas. I'm a big advocate for get for that. For me, that's future proofing your house because you can offset your electricity through solar panels. You'll never be able to offset your natural gas, mm -hmm. right? So if you can go all electric and put solar panels on, that would be ideal for the long run. Now, what you do is the solar panels get fed into the grid, the power, uh, and then you still get power coming in from the grid. So if the power goes out, you still lose power. That doesn't change anything, but you're still feeding into the grid. Uh, and what will happen is that you'll just get a bill with either, ideally throughout the year, it balances out. That's what we're aiming for, right? Or you over overproduce by just a little bit, but there might be some months where you have a bill and then there's other months where you have a credit and it should level out at the end of the year. Okay. You you're essentially some, some electricity companies will have a fixed fee that you can't offset, but even if it's 50 bucks a month, to me, that's like peanuts because it costs you 12 grand for a battery. And if you need six of them, <laughs> that's a lot of money, right? You can yeah, pay yeah. that $50 a month for a long time. So to think of the, that fixed fee as like a rental fee for using the grid of your battery. And it's still, we, that still all gets factored in the calculations and you can see everything. Um, now, if you are living somewhere where you're like, hey, well, Casey, I really want to have backup as well. You can put a battery in for backup if you want for the you know three, four, five times that you lose power throughout the year. Mm -hmm. But you're probably better off just switching your meter so you can get like a meter base, which has a plug where you can plug in a generator and just power your whole house, right? Because a generator is way cheaper than a battery. And plug it in, sure, you can't use your solar panels for that time that it's out, but what are you like within a year, you average five days a year that you lose power, depending yeah. on where you live. Why why spend that much just to offset those five days? <laughs> sort of thing, right? So th these are the yeah. conversations that I have with people that are 
And so even when we're doing the construction side back in Ottawa too, it's okay, what, what's the real concern? Let's figure out the best, let's figure out how to get the best value, right? Not yeah. necessarily, sure, yeah, the best, if, if everything was perfect, you know, we'd all be riding unicorns and living on rainbows and you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's what works for you as the individual, let's figure out the best thing for you. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, we'll have to look at that. That's that's a that's a very interesting uh, thing that I never thought would be. Uh, I, I didn't. I never even thought about it. Honestly, never thought much about it. But it's, that's cool. Uh, it's huge in the U.S. right now, and it, it's, oh, yeah. honestly, it's just the beginning. Uh, I think it's going to really explode. One of my mentors is the one who's brought brought me the opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like very successful entrepreneur he's got like 22 income stream sort of thing built up a keller williams uh he's like he's in the 60s he's built up a keller williams uh, office two of them actually back in montreal in canada and uh and he's like i'm going after this next so he's just been like full steam ahead on it and he's like you want in i'm like sure i'll learn from you i'll work alongside you and see what's going on why not right so win-win that's awesome yeah that's awesome what what are we missing what are we missing I don't know. I could talk about houses for a long time, but I know I, know I could. <laughs> there's too. a lot. There's a. There's usually there's so much information that there's you know it's overload at, at some point. <laughs> and the thing is, you can keep thinking about things that are interesting and cool to talk about. Yeah. And I could ask you ten thousand questions, but we'd be yeah. here forever. So I'd have to do round two. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. We'll do round two. Um, final question. We are land life. Buy and sell dirt and trees. If you could buy land anywhere in the whole world where would it be and why so right now i'm actually interested in land in mexico where we are uh, we are kind of setting up plan on being in and out of here for a long time uh, and i'd love to get some land here that we could start growing our own food on i don't know what's going to happen there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now um, mm-hmm. and for protecting my loved ones I feel like learning how to grow food right now, even if you just have a little plot of land, growing your own food forest, learning how to do that and making sure that you can take care of yourselves uh, is a super important skill to have. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'd be looking for. Well, that's what I am looking for right now is where can I find? Because here, if you're not looking in the touristy areas, like close to the beach, like you can get land very cheap. It's just, you need to be careful there's other things that you got to watch out for here, uh, like buying land that's not actually for sale and you don't actually have a <laughs> line. But uh, there's there's options and, the, and you have to find the right areas and might be a little bit away from where we're at because a lot of limestone here, not the best for growing. But uh, that's, yeah, that's what I'd be doing and that's what I am doing right now. So That's awesome. Mexico it is. Mexico it is. All right, 40 acres in Mexico. We'll, we'll start working yeah. on that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, there's a, there's huge potential. Like I said, the, the houses are not built very well here. So yeah. even if you develop and I've been talking with some other friends here that have some ideas and they want to develop a community that has food forests and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just do it. You know, I got yeah. people who are interested in putting money into it. It's just a matter of time. It's always a matter of time, right? Where we're Absolutely. Most important currency in the world, time. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right on, yeah. Casey. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Till next time, I'll see you on Landline. Landline.